0: Thank you, Brandon, for those songs. Encouraged by the song, uh, Be With Me, Lord. I, I cannot live without Thee. And really, I mean, that should be the theme and, and principle of everything that we teach here. And, and I hope that will be what's something that you will think about this morning the importance of the Lord being with us. But also, it's important for us to be with the Lord. Uh, and that should be our goal every day to make sure that our lives are mirroring uh, the example that's been set for us, uh, thinking about uh, where our home that one day will be and what that, what that means to us and, and really making sure that nothing gets in our way to making sure that that is a goal of ours. I'm grateful to be before you this morning, and we will be continuing our study this morning on what manner of people ought you to be. And as you see here, we will be on our third lesson, which is essentially about growth and looking at the uh, characteristics that kind of are are more focused inwardly and how important that is for us to grow uh, inwardly as Christians. And so we'll be looking at that this morning. But of course, we'd like to spend just a couple of minutes before we delve into this lesson about some some things that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. So this morning, of course, we will be talking about growth supplements, the importance of why as Christians we are to grow, and it is important that that is a daily effort, that we we think about it diligently, we put in thought and we put in effort and we put in prayer and we put in study and, and encouragement from each other And that it is not a fight or a battle that we fight on our own. And so, this morning, we'll look at uh, some important things, but recap from week one. We talked about really three important principles here. And as you see here in yellow on your screen, the word diligent, the word practice, and the word never fall. And then if you look at the words in red... It says these qualities. We will start this morning looking at what these qualities are and how important they are. But think about diligent, practice, and never fall. We talked two weeks ago about if we are diligent plus practice, we will never fall. And there are a lot of things in this world that try to guarantee certain things, but no guarantee is far greater than this guarantee. All right. This is a lifetime warranty, as they would say, right? And so we look at here, it's a two-part promise. The first, we will never fall. The second is if we are increasing in these qualities, which we will delve into this morning, we can enter the internal kingdom of our Christ, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And then, of course, last week we looked at the divine nature. And I thought Bryant did a wonderful job talking about some really important principles, and I'm just going to kind of take—I'm going to plagiarize just a couple of the things that he uh, he said. But the things that really stuck out to me is that we need to more clearly see the reality of the world's nature in relation to God's nature. So often we look at things and we just think of things in a worldly, earthly perspective. When in reality, we have to look deeper and think about what God has presented to us. And I loved how he looked at Jeremiah 32, and he looked at the corruption that was lying in the wake, and how Jeremiah was begging and pleading, but in reality, Jeremiah didn't really even scratch the surface of the grace and patience and mercy that God had demonstrated for years and years and years. Yet God's power to heal, restore, and transform transform this condition was greater than Jeremiah could ever understand. And then, of course, we saw the importance of growth. Uh, And and I like the example that Bryant talked about, that growth in faith is not mechanical. It is not like welding things together. It is something that you have to put effort into. It's something that you have to put thought uh, and and concern and sweat and tears into. And it's not something that just comes because you're a Christian. It's not something that just comes once you arise out of the water. It's something that you have to decide to do every day. And of course, he gave the example of Judas um, and Peter. And what was the difference? And really, you have to look that they both externally walked with Jesus. They lived with Jesus. They saw the things that Jesus was doing. It was undeniable. But the difference was internally. We see Peter and the the transformation that he makes as, as he's writing these words to us. Both walked with Jesus, but the difference was eternal. Which leads us in to the qualities that we'll be talking about this morning. So look with me in Second Peter 1 and 3 through 9, we'll read. It says, "...His divine power has grant to, to, granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises." so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. And what I want to say first and foremost, is that the most important thing had to be done. And God had to do the first thing. Because what we have to recognize is that from the very beginning of the Bible, we see that man sinned and separated himself from God. And in that state, we, have, we would have been completely lost and deserving of the punishment that lies ahead. But because God loved us so much, He wanted us to become partakers of His divine nature. And we talked a couple weeks that the most important thing is that we had to decide to follow the recipe. And brothers and sisters, I stand before you hoping and praying that every one of us has decided to follow this recipe and has decided to take that step into baptism and to make a life that is glorifying to God. And as we look at this in verse 5, it says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, And so, brothers and sisters, this morning we will look at really four important principles. We're going to look at faith. We are going to look at virtue. We're going to look at knowledge. And we're going to look at self-control. Those we will call the inner characteristics. And some look at faith as the beginning and not necessarily a characteristic. I kind of see it as something that needs to be increased. Something that needs to be grown. And with all of these, it complements it. But what's interesting is it starts with faith and it ends with love. I don't think that that was just happen chance. I think it's absolutely strategically placed within here. And so as we look at these, I want us to think about the words that are in red on the screen ahead. These qualities. These are the qualities, brothers and sisters, that we need to be making effort to make sure they're increasing on a daily basis. But not only increasing, but increasing in godly ways. Because if we look at this, we can see and take these words out of context and see how we could gain earthly things and possessions and successes. But really, what this is talking about is an eternal characteristic that we're striving for. And all of these are focused around Christ and the things that Christ demonstrated, and still demonstrates to this day. So if you wouldn't mind, let's bow to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Dear, kind, and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather here, to worship you, to give you praise, honor, and glory. We're grateful for the songs that have been led. We're grateful for the prayer that has been offered. We're grateful for the ability that we have to come together and to worship you. And as we come before you presenting a message from your word, we pray that it is always done in truth. We pray that what is taught here is in spirit and in truth every single time. But we praise your children that we will open our hearts, we will open our minds, and we will open our eyes to your word. Help us to glean from these words, to make application, and to not let them just lie here empty in this building, but let us take these words out so that they can be living and active. We're grateful for all that you do for us. It's in your son's name we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so this morning we're going to look at these four inward characteristics. And really something that I think is extremely important before we look particularly and I, I imagine Bryant will delve into these as well. But if you look at the beginning of verse size, it says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Right. And so we look at this, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, about the importance of being diligent. The importance of putting effort and putting time and thought into the things that we do. And as we look at these things, it's important to understand and to try to figure out why these qualities are listed here. And I'd like to compare this list to just two other lists. So turn with me first to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11. States, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made his good confession. Brothers, we look at these lists, and a lot of these things mirror what is being described here in Peter. Is this an all-encompassing list? No. But if we start dissecting these particular characteristics, we'll see everything else lies within these these characteristics. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And starting in verse 22, and my family, and I imagine many families in here, could start singing the fruits of the Spirit. And if we look at this, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. And we see once again there are so many of these thoughts that translate right over to what Peter is saying. And I challenge you this morning that I believe that Peter is writing these qualities because it's counterintuitive what's being described in chapter 2. And really what we see in chapter 2 is false prophets and teachers. Why did he choose these qualities? Probably he chose these because they were opposite of the evil characteristics that these false teachers are being exposed in chapter 2. And let's look at this. So in verse 2 of chapter 2, it says, And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of the truth will be blasphemy. Right here it talks about the evil inward characteristics of these false teachers. And in verse 10, it says, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. And in verse 14, it says, They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. And in verse 18, it says, For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh, those who are barely escaping, for those who live and air. And I would argue that these qualities are described here because they are Christ-like, which is the opposite of what these false prophets and teachers were not only teaching, but also living. And the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway I think that we should see about these characteristics is that it doesn't matter how right you are, how much you know, if you're not living it, it doesn't matter. And brothers and sisters, I challenge you this morning to think about why these certain things are important. They were not preserving in godliness, but they had gone astray, these false teachers in chapter 2. And then we think, why this order? Is the order matter? And maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know for sure. So I look at this, I don't know if this is necessarily a logical I think this is a logical order, not necessarily a chronological order. Like you have to have this 100% before you can move on to phase two, before you can move on to phase three. I don't think that that's what it's being described here. But if you look at this, it's a building block. That if you first have faith, which absolutely has to be the foundation, then you start thinking about the things that are, are poured on top of that in order to make this perfect Christian. Right? And some will say, Cody, there's no way for us to be perfect. Maybe you're right. But it doesn't mean that we're not striving for perfection. Or in a better way, striving to be Christ-like. And so let's look at these verses. And when we look at these, especially the ones that we'll talk about this morning, these are characteristics of the heart. These are characteristics of a heart That is a disciple of Jesus. That is a disciple that is striving to be like Jesus. And when we look at these things, I think there's four important takeaways. And then we'll dive into the words. First, these verses, these characteristics, they recognize that all of us, each and every single one of us, still has room to grow. And I imagine if I asked everyone in this room, everyone would say, you know what, I have things I need to work on. Things that I need to increase in. And I think the first and foremost, we have to recognize that we are not where we need to be. That there is still room that needs, there is still growing that needs to occur. The second thing is that I recognize that I can get better. Every day, I can be better than the day before. Some know they ought to get better, but they don't know how to accomplish that. And I'm afraid that there are a lot of Christians that kind of get to a point and they say, you know what, I'm good. And they just level off. And you think about those who are brand new Christians, how, how zealous and on fire they can be. And then they get to the point where they've kind of been They've weathered some storms and, you know, they're just good. They're just in a good place. But what these verses are telling us, and Erica helped to remind me that, is if you're not growing in these things, then you're going the wrong direction. And God is challenging us that we need to be heading in the right direction each and every day. The third thing is it is recognizing that to improve, it takes hours And it takes muscle. And it takes time. And it takes dedication. And sometimes it takes sacrificing other things because this is what's important. And I have to tell you that this is probably the area that's the hardest for me. Is that there are so many other things that I want to be good at and grow at that sometimes the thing that sacrifices the most or the thing that I give up the most is my spiritual growth. Because I think, well, what I need now in work is to have this degree or to have this training or in order for me to grow physically uh, when it comes to physical training, I need to be able to do this. When in reality, this is what sacrifices. This is what I'm often willing to sacrifice and it's not the right answer. And the fourth thing is it recognizes that once you have put effort into these things, then you can become useful and into helping others. And I'm not saying that you have to be like, you know what, i got to be 100% in all these qualities before I can help others. But if you are putting in time and effort to grow in these characteristics, guess what that helps you to do? To grow others in these characteristics. So brothers and sisters, these are important. And let's start looking at the words that we have this morning. The first is faith. And Bryant Gave me an interesting fact when we were talking about this a couple about earlier this week about faith, and he was 99% right, and I I wanted to make sure that what he was saying was right, but he was right there. So he told me that faith is mentioned 245 times in Scripture, which is absolutely close. It's 246 times. Do you know how many times that is mentioned in the Old Testament? The word faith. It's twice. Once in Deuteronomy and once in Abac. Which means 244 times the word faith is mentioned in the New Testament. Wow! Wow! But what Bryant reminded me of, it doesn't mean that faith wasn't occurring in the Old Testament. Faith was being demonstrated in the Old Testament. And if we look here, it is a firm persuasion, a conviction based upon hearing. And so let's look at a couple of verses. Romans 10, verse 17, it says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. Right? This is the foundation. In order for us to have faith, we have to first heard the Word of God, which demonstrates and shows us the importance of not only reading and studying, but also talking about and teaching those about our faith and about the Word of God, about our testimony and about what Jesus Christ had done. The second verse is in James 2. Verse 17, I'm going to turn there. The verse uh, is on the board, but I want to turn and look at a little bit more about this context, right? James 2, verse 17, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say in verse 18, you have faith, I have works, show me your, your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Brothers and sisters, works and faith are connected. They're a tag team. They work simultaneously. And in order for our faith to increase, we need to be working. In order for our work to be meaningful and beneficial, it needs to be done in faith. It is inseparable. And we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse it says for we walk by faith and not by sight turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11 a verse that is very familiar to all of us about faith and what's fascinating about the book or chapter 11 in Hebrews it says verse 1 now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen for if people For it by the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe is created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And if we go into this, we'll start seeing the examples of faith. In verse 6 it says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. That, I think, is the key to chapter 11. But if you start looking at these examples, and I kind of roughly counted them yesterday in my wife's pink Bible, so not this one, um, there are 17 examples of faith. And they're all from the Old Testament. And as Bryant reminded me a couple weeks ago, faith is demonstrated in the Old Testament. Brothers and sisters, this is the foundation of every characteristic that we will talk about this week and next week. Our faith must be increasing. And in Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, turn with me there to Romans chapter 1 and in verse 17. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Our walk with Christ begins with our faith and our walk will end with our faith. And brothers and sisters, we have to be devoted to increasing our faith. Every single day. And there are 244 examples that you can turn to and look at the importance of faith. And then every single thing in the Old Testament is either demonstrated by a a fulfillment of faith or a lack of faith. And I believe it really boils down to that. Faith is essential. The next characteristic we see here And as we look at 2 Peter 2 and verse 1, faith, add to your faith virtue. And as we think about this order, right? we think about faith being the building block. The next we see is virtue, which is moral goodness and moral excellence and integrity. You think about how important that is. That is who you are as an individual. And they say character is, is that of what you are when nobody else is looking, when no one else is around. Brothers and sisters, we have to be characters that are devoted to godliness. We have to say that no matter what, we are going to live Godly lives that are moral and good and, and, and full of integrity and that are righteous in God's eyes. And the way we do that is we mirror our lives with the Word of God. And if there are things in our lives that aren't mirroring in the Word of God, then we need to be disciplined enough to change it. And James, turn with me to James. In James chapter 1, in verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and pers- pers- and preserves, being no hearer who forgets but a doer her acts will be blessed in his doing. Brothers and sisters, let us live lives that are virtuous. And as we look at Philippians chapter four, Philippians chapter four and verse eight. Philippians four and verse eight says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Brothers and sisters, this is an amazing checklist to think about if we are living virtuous lives. And when we look at these characteristics, these are things that have to be growing have to be increasing. We have to be giving attention and detail to these things. Virtue is based on God. Virtue is compared to God's Word. It's not of the things in the world. It's not the things that we see on TV or we see on social media or any of these things. It is the things that are based within the Word of God. And what's amazing about that is it's never changed. Whereas the standards in the world will fluctuate, they will shift from left to right and further left and further right. But for us, we need to be anchored within the Word of God. We need to understand the importance of that. In John chapter th- one, first John chapter three and verse seven says, "Little children, let no one deceive you." Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. And then he goes on to make the contrast about those who are living wickedly and doing wicked things. And then we see Proverbs 11 verse 3, which says, The integrity of the up, upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Brothers, we see the importance of And we need to understand the importance of what a Christian is. And what's interesting is sometimes we define faith in negative terms. And what I mean by that is sometimes a Christian doesn't cuss. Sometimes a Christian doesn't lie. A Christian doesn't steal. A Christian doesn't do this and doesn't do that. Reality, we need to be thinking about what a Christian does do. And Peter gives us the exact footprint of what a Christian is. So we need to be thinking about where our moral excellence lies. Are we moral? Are we excellent? Are we striving to be righteous in God's eyes? That's the question I have for you this morning. The next we see here is knowledge. I find it interesting that you have faith and then virtue and then knowledge. Because in my mind, I would think it would be faith and then knowledge. Which would make sense because you have faith, which comes from hearing, knowledge which then leads you to want to be morally excellent, want you to have good character. But the reality is, if you are not a person of integrity then where is your knowledge going to come from? Your integrity has to be a bedrock lined and in sync with your faith. And if it is not, then the knowledge that you are going to seek is not godly knowledge. And brothers and sisters, knowledge is to come to know, to recognize, to understand, or understand completely. And if we look at a few verses here, Proverbs 1 and verse 7, one of my favorite verses says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2, which will be our next example, our next verse. Proverbs chapter 2. And we're going to read this. Proverbs chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your hearts to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Brothers and sisters, we must be striving for knowledge. And as Proverbs 1 reminds us, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And we also see Colossians chapter 1, and verse 9 and 10 says, And as from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Brothers and sisters, we need to be growing in a godly knowledge. And what's important about knowledge is it's not enough to just hear the Word of God, but we must be doing it. We must be applying it. And then the last characteristic we'll discuss this morning is self-control. Self-control, which means temperance or righteousness or sober-minded. It means sometimes flat-out resisting and saying, I will not have any part of this. And if we look at Galatians Chapter 5 and in verse 23, we already read it this morning about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How important for us as Christians to have self-control. We must recognize that we live in a world that we cannot completely partake in. That as Christians, we have made a commitment to be different. To do things differently. To resist certain things. And we live in a time where I, to be perfectly honest, it scares me to think about my children. About the temptations that are readily available and every single one of us has it in our pocket. We can access anything and everything wherever we want. As a child and growing up, there were certain things that I had to purposely seek out in order to find. But that's not the case anymore. Everything is readily available and we need to be having conversations about what Christians do and what Christians don't. And sometimes that means stepping on people's toes. But we need to learn to teach the importance of self-control. And there's a movie that I genuinely love. It's called Fireproof. And it's a movie about two married, a husband and a wife. And they are really struggling. Really hit rock bottom in their eyes. And they are on the verge of a divorce. And they both want it for various reasons. Anyway, he makes this oath, this decision. His father challenges him and says, Hey, I want you to do this love dare. And I want you to go through so many days and demonstrate a selfless love for your wife. Prove to her that you want. But what had to be done first, he had to realize who loved him first. And it's a religious-based movie, but there's a scene in there that I think is unbelievably powerful. This gentleman, this character, struggled with pornography. Like really bad. And his wife knew about it. And it affected her. And it affected their relationship. And he realized that that was the parasite in his life that had to be removed. And they had a computer screen. And there's one scene where he's looking for a boat online and this ad pops up, a pornography ad. And you could see him contemplating whether or not he wants to click on this ad. And in the very next scene, you see him in the backyard with a baseball bat beating this computer screen. But what's amazing... Is that a couple scenes later, his wife comes home, and on that spot where the computer lied is a dozen roses with the sign that says, I love you more. And, brothers and sisters, that's what it comes down to. Self control is the decision that I love God more than what I am about to have satisfaction in, it is a greater reward. And it is realizing that sometimes I need to realize that I have to say no in order to grow in a greater way. And brothers and sisters, that is hard. But guess what? God never said it would be easy. He only said it would be worth it. Brothers and sisters, I challenge you this morning that we need to be growing in God. We need to be growing every day. Whatever, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who makes his spirit than he who takes a city. And in James chapter 4 and verse 17, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Brothers and sisters, we need to have self-control. We need to realize the importance of self-control. We need to be working on our faith. We need to be working on our virtue. We need to be working on our knowledge. And we need to be working on self-control. Simultaneously. And we can't look at this list and say, you know what, I'm good at that. I'll take that. I'll take that. No. It is eight things that each and every one of us needs to be working at. Brothers and sisters, let's close this lesson out with some application. Brothers and sisters, it talks about supplements. It talks about this being something that we do to make us better ultimately. But what's amazing about this, and I'm so grateful for Brian's lesson last week, is that God has already done what He has said that He would do. Everything that's on this list is about us adding to this. And adding to that in order that we may never stumble. That we may inherit the kingdom of God. And so let's look at prayer this week. Let's think about praying for our faith. Praying for us to live virtuous. Praying for our knowledge. Praying for self-control. Prayer is the bedrock when it comes to us as Christians. The second thing is we need to be intentionally studying the Word of God. We need to look and dive and search and get a pen out and be taking notes and being active and being not reactive in our faith, but taking notes and being disciplined and trying to really understand the text that God has given to us. And I mean it, if you spend time in God's Word, you will not regret it on the back end. But it takes discipline, it takes time, it takes sacrifice. And then next, we need to remove certain things that are hindering our faith. We need to remove things that are maybe causing us not to be as virtuous as we ought to be. Maybe we need to remove things in order to make it a priority to be learning knowledge in God's Word. And the same thing with self-control. Maybe there are things that are in our life right now that are parasites, whether it's pornography or addictions or whatever they may be. We need to have discipline in order to remove them. And last and not least, we need to be replacing those things with godly things. Whatever is keeping our faith at this level, we need to replace it with something that causes us to increase. Maybe this week we spend time listening to sermons or singing hymns or praying more with our families, whatever it may be. And the same thing with replacing things that make us more virtuous and living a moral excellent life. And it's not about us. It's about glorifying God. It's about being a light in the world that we live in. And knowledge and self-control. Brothers and sisters, let us spend time in prayer, intentional study, removing things that ought not to be there, and then ultimately replacing it with things that should be there. And as we looked at, and the kind of the theme of our lesson is, what manner of people ought we to be? Brothers and sisters, I challenge you this week to think about your faith, to think about your virtue, your knowledge, and your self-control. Every single one of us in this room can grow in those areas. Let us never stop growing. Let us be adding to these things each and every day. I challenge you that if there's someone here this morning and you need the prayers of the congregation or you need to come and make things right, do not wait. Because in order for you to grow in all of these things, you need to be removing the things in your life that should not be there. Brothers and sisters, I am grateful for you. I pray for you this week. I pray for you that you will be growing in faith, virtue, knowledge, and self-control. If there's anyone that needs to come forward, please come as we stand and sing.